Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Brother Episode 7 Life in a Glass House was the One Tree Hill episode and of course once again mm-hmm. we have to Life in Your Glass House show Yeah Because he needed to amalgamate Whoa <laughs> You beat me to the punchity punch today Wow. Yeah, I did. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm okay with that. See if I can go through the whole show without saying that word. Yeah, right? <laughs> if you do, if you have do to it. take a shot. I have to take a shot. Yeah. If I can get through the episode Tramana. without. If you say the word. Tramana. Uh, <laughs> Life in your glass house show. Funnily enough, the WWF pay-per-view that we were reviewing also on this episode is in your house it's time along <laughs> with episode seven life in a glass house of one tree hill it's funny because when we were watching the pay-per-view mm-hmm. i was like it's called an in your house show yeah but the episode of one tree hill we watch life is in life glass, in a glass, glass house, house. I'm like do you know how perfect ah, this match it's so up? perfect like how can you not get any better it's than that amazing yeah it's pretty great so and we came up with the title names like we went through and did them yeah. like two seasons worth oh yeah two of, three seasons worth yeah. um episode titles and made them like wrestling eyes. Yeah. And we did that one not realizing that that's the episode. Just like, the way it matched up. It, it was, was perfect. so perfect. It was meant to be, honestly. I love it. So we have those two episodes to review on this very number seven episode. This of, very number seven? This very number seven. It's not just a seven. <laughs> it's not the seventh episode. It's a uh-huh. very number seven oh, episode boy. of Tree Hill Wrestling Federation. So you could catch us on all the streaming services, Deezer. including Deezer, Amazon Prime, <laughs> whatever. Google Podcasts, Google Podcast, Spotify, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Whatever. All this stuff. You know, if you... We're if there. You, you have a phone you know what streaming service you use we're there we're on all of them and you can also catch us on the interwebs in 1996 we called it the interwebs yeah i didn't really say that word ever Mm, you're not a nerd like i am interweb you can check us out on tiktok and instagram at treehillwf.podcast we also have a Facebook too, but no one really looks at Facebook anymore. So it's mainly just unless for Instagram, unless you're like an elder, 80, unless you're eighty. <laughs> <laughs> so check us out on the Instagram and Facebook. Check us out on TikTok as well, and on all streaming services. We're having a great time doing this show. I absolutely love doing it, and it's kind it's of it's fun watching you fall in love with one tree hill slowly but surely more. i mean the last episode was pretty lit i must say i know it was great it, it was, was a 10 it's bellar. one of my favorites and it got a 4.20 on the harris scale here so mm-hmm. we're doing pretty good yeah right by the way i am sean harris and i'm aaron Cosker. we usually forget <laughs> to intro our name so if you don't know now you know 
this is who's doing this podcast. Our names are on the title for like the podcast, you know, sure. thing. But if you don't know, yeah. now you do know. And we're going to get right into the Tree Hill episode of Life in a Glass House. Mm-hmm. Babe, take it away. Yeah, the school is like stoked because there's a party this evening. Where is it? <laughs> Dan Scott's house. Because, mm. of course, Dan Scott rules the town and basketball in this town. Is it like a Hulk still rules kind of thing, but it's just Dan still rules? I don't know what that means. Mm. Well, you know who Hulk is. So well, yeah, but I don't is. know like his. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Hulk still rules and Dan Scott still rules. Apparently he is throwing this huge basketball party at his house. Yeah. It's an appreciation. Yes. Um, basketball appreciation. appreciation Raven's thing. appreciation. Yes. And um, yeah, all everyone's been invited, including the cheerleaders. Um, everyone seems to be going, but Lucas is kind of hesitant. He doesn't really want to go for obvious fucking reasons. I also like how Nathan called it uh, "kiss my dad's ass jamboree." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so funny. He's actually like he's got some good zingers here and there, and I am starting to uh, to like him just because he is starting to show this different side, especially with Haley. Now that yeah, but it's just a front right now. Yeah, but you can tell there's feelings and chemistry there, though. So things I feel are changing with him. Yeah, maybe you'll have to wait and see. I can feel it. It's in the air. Love is in the air. <laughs> but yeah, Lucas is refusing to attend. I mean, why would Lucas want to go? Is that Dan's house? Yeah. Why would he want to go there? He knows Dan's going to be there. He knows, and especially Nathan's with all the there. bullshit that happened. I mean, with Nathan. Yeah, they don't get along, but the last episode they kind of they actually started to started to get along a little bit. Almost like brothers a little bit. It seemed like they were getting along a little. Well, I think the hardest thing is for Karen, right? Like with what happened in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I think too he's hesitant to go because of that yes. as well. Yeah, right. Um, cause they're all invited. So this fucking party and obviously Brooke is going to be there and I feel like, Oh, she, obviously she's a cheerleader. All the cheerleaders and, were invited. And not only that, I feel at this point, Brooke really does want to get Eiffel Towered by both Scott brothers. He's been waiting forever to say that it's line. It's so <laughs> obvious. This is exactly what she wants. She oh, just wants God. all the D basically. But you know who else wants the D? Haley. Haley wants the D. Specifically, not specifically Nathan's D. Yeah. Because not only has this tutoring thing gone but on. Peyton also wants Lucas's D. Oh, of course. Yeah. Because that's um, been the writing has been on the wall since literally episode one on that. Well, yeah. And now she's making it obvious that she wants something to happen because they're at the school talking at a bench or whatever. And. The school talking bench. Um, I don't know. Okay. Like, you know, like. <laughs> you know what? Me and my best friend, Justin, we did have a bench that we sat on every lunch hour and we just hung out and talked. Yeah. I had in an area school. in my high school. Everybody has that right place by, where they go. Right by the guitar classroom. And it was like a little alcove on in the hallway. And me and my friends would just sit there. In my grad year, I chill. hung out in the library with the library kids. Wow, you're a fucking nerd, dude. 
You know what, though? There was actually a lot of cool people in the library. You know who you are out there if you're listening. (laughs) And some of our listeners are actually some of those people, too. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Especially all the way out in Netherlands and Belgium and Switzerland, (laughs) Germany, and all these other countries that are listening into the Tree Hill Wrestling Federation You guys definitely fit in with the Haley Tudor Girl Library chick just a bunch of smarty pants and now we do podcasts (laughs) deb okay i've come to the realization that we're gonna have to change the name of this podcast okay and we're gonna have so perfect i know it's perfect but there's two names one for you and one for me we've come to grips and this is what it's come to I'm going to have to rename. I don't think he's cleared this by me yet, to be honest. We're going to have to rename this podcast from my side, the Deb Stan Podcast. Because we Stan Deb because she's so great. And on your side, (laughs) we're going to have to call it the Stan Tassel Boots Podcast. Oh, I love my Tassel Boots. Because how much you love British Bulldog is about how much I love Deb Scott on this show. We could totally, British Bulldog and I could totally go out and eat some fish and chips together. Totally, but he died 20 years ago, so. I don't like that. Sorry, bro. But Deb, we stand Deb. She wants Karen and Keith at this Kiss Dance Ass Jamboree. Yeah, and she goes into Karen's Cafe to remind them of yeah. it because she sent them an invite, but she didn't hear anything. Yeah, never heard anything back. Now she's following up. She wants them there. And it's Hollywood. This is a scripted show. Of course, you're going to go to your enemy's house to go for a dinner. Well, also, before this all happened at the cafe, Yeah. Nathan and Haley were talking Mm -hmm. because they were doing the touring and Nathan um, remembered that Haley's not invited. Right. And lets her know, obviously, it's for basketball peeps. So she's not going to be there. But she will be there. We all know this. How do you know? It's fucking a scripted show, of course. It's like wrestling, okay? I can tell you who's going to interfere when somebody's going to get beaten down, whenever anything's happening like that. I know, this guy's going to come out and save the day. It's because you've watched it a million times. But I've only seen seven fucking episodes of the show, and I know full well that Haley is going to be at this fucking party. Well, in her mind, she's not going to be there because, you know... She's not invited. She's working. So she gives. Can you shut up, bro? Um, (laughs) So she gives Nathan a little box of goodies because she wants him to do some studying. Right. And tells him, if you need anything, just let me know. Give me a call. Mm -hmm. It's an important part. Yep. Important part. He's going to give her a call. And it's also hinting that she's got a thing. Sure. Karen and Keith, there is this kind of, there definitely is some chemistry, some feelings there. And the previous episode when Keith said, he literally professed his love for her. Mm -hmm. He, in this episode said, I said some crazy things. And she thinks it's not that crazy. And she doesn't all exactly think that it's all that crazy. So possibly, who knows, there is a budding romance that has been on the plate for been simmering on the stove for like fucking 17 years or however (laughs) long that has been going on so maybe this raven's appreciation night could maybe put a little gasoline on the fire there basically there's three kind of storylines that are going on here with the kids 
because you have Peyton, who's obviously into Lucas. They're together. They will become the brood. Well, they're not together together. I just said, if they become together or go together, they will become the brood. Okay. Okay. There was a wrestling faction in 1999. If you check our Instagram, (laughs) you'll see what I mean. They are broody, as so many people say on the show, so they will be the new members of the brood. They could be the new, new brood. So there's something eventually going on with them. Nathan seems kind of lonely at this point because he's no longer with Peyton, but Haley has entered the fray. And for some reason, Brooke, the pot stirrer, who tries Mm -hmm. to drum up as much drama as she wants to, She's trying to push Nate and Peyton back together. Because she wants to be with Lucas. Yeah. So Jake arrives late again for basketball practice. I like and his name. Whitey lets it go. Yeah, Jake is Jigelski? my brother's name. Oh, no, Jake. Jake Jigelski. I like Jagelski. That's like a pretty... And, and Double J, like he could be Double J, Jake Jagelski. J-A, ha <laughs> Double K, ha <laughs> Double E, Jagelski. Ain't he great? No, he's Why not. am I marrying this guy? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Do you also notice that uh, Whitey's real name is Barry Corbin and there's a wrestler named Baron Corbin? <laughs> yes, I have put those, the two and two on that together. Just thought I'd mention it. Anyways, Jake, as you mentioned, showing up late, mm-hmm. Barry Corbin is oh okay with God. it. But why is he okay with it? I mean, honestly, if any other player showed up late or cut practice or anything like that, he probably wouldn't, he would take issue with that. But for some reason, Jake Double J, treatment. can I officially call Jake no, Jagelski Double J? I don't, I don't no. care if you say yes or no, I'm going to do it anyways. Of course you are. He's Jake Double J Jagelski. Ha <laughs> ha, any great. Wow. So Peyton is leaving school. It's the end of the day. And she's going to back out of a stall and almost runs Haley over. Oh, my God. <laughs> At least there was no red or green lights involved this time. <laughs> but we have more than established that Peyton is a terrible fucking driver. This is now the second car accident that she's almost caused. And I think I'm going to make a prediction, a pre-dick Sean. Wow. Yep. A pre-dick Sean, I guess, before I had a dick. Y'all have all the power in the world to tell him he's fucking weird as shit. (laughs) A pre-dick Sean. (laughs) Car crash predictions. The next car crash will be Peyton and Lucas. They will be involved. I guarantee. I have not seen this show, but I know for a fact that Peyton will be in the next car crash, and I think Lucas is going to be a part of it as well. She's almost cost two of them. Is that your final answer? Three strikes and you're out. She's in the next fucking car accident. And you can call me out. That's fine. You can call me out if it's somebody else. It could be Lucas, just Lucas maybe. But either way, I'm feeling that she's two for two in avoiding these car accidents. She ain't going to make it a third time, and she's going to be in the next one. Just you'll have to wait and see. Mm, I will anyway continue. (laughs) Yeah, so 
Peyton offers Haley a ride, you know, she almost ran her over. It's the least she can fucking do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're talking and Peyton's like not really good at the becoming friends or talking to this new chick thing. But they actually have like a pretty like good conversation. They actually yeah. get a lot of shit out and talk about who they like and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Honestly, careful, I feel kind of thing. I feel. Yeah. Be careful is getting thrown around a lot and Haley's kind of getting fucking sick of it. Be careful is getting over in Tree Hill with Haley right now because yep. everybody seems to be coming at her with the fucking be careful line with Nathan because he's a heel. Oh, Lordy. Uh, in the next scene, Peyton and Brooke are in Peyton's room, and Brooke is telling Peyton that Nathan is still interested in her. Mm, just Apparently, fucking. that's something she's been told. Ugh, she is just stirring the pot like the pot stir that she is. I fucking hate her guts, and I know probably like stirring later. Stirring the pot of soup that I was doing earlier oh, tonight. Oh, man. I, <laughs> honestly, I feel like probably down the road, she'll be a lot better character when she starts to grow up and shit, but she's such a fucking bitch right now mm-hmm. i hate her guts like you hate dan all you want you can hate all these other characters their heels she's the ultimate heel she's just a bitch i cannot stand her she annoys the hell out of me you know that she was only supposed to be like a secondary character mm. she wasn't ever supposed to really? be a, a main character wow well and she was there pretty much the entire run of the show yeah wow legit yeah. go sophia she's great love her it's the night of the event, and Lucas changes his mind and decides he wants to go. Obviously, Peyton has a little bit of something to do with that. Yes. He's hoping to uh, slide in on in. Slide in on in. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> something like that. Um, and Karen and Keith have decided they're going to go, too. Yep. Um, so before they're ready to go, though... Haley is in the cafe and Haley tells Lucas that she likes Nathan. Mm, she finally comes clean and saying that she does have feelings for the ultimate heel against And it Lucas. isn't her fault. Like, it isn't his fault that he likes Peyton. Yep. <laughs> he's unhappy about it, but yep. he's kind of forced to be okay with it. Yeah. What are you going to do, right? All right. Uh, and like Peyton, he tells her, be careful, and be she's careful. fucking sick of it. It's fucking over, I tell you. I swear she was going to choke, choke him out with his own tie at that point. She would have put him in the rear naked choke or the sleeper hold. I would have been okay with that. <laughs> now, obviously, with this whole kiss Dan's ass jamboree, big parties having at his house, Dan's pissed that Deb invited Karen and Keith for obvious reasons i will agree with dan in the fact that why the fuck are you inviting my ex and my brother that i hate to this party which i do get the thing is is lucas is part of the basketball team all of the basketball players and cheerleaders are invited as well as their parents but you would think after Keith throwing a drunk punch at Dan recently would yeah, well, Dan fucking deserves it. Automatically disqualify them from coming to no, that party, Dan but I guess fucking not. Deserves it, and Deb knows it. Well, I stand she's Deb. trying to put Dan in his place and have him be on his best yeah. behaviors. Yeah, she's behaviors. trying well. Wow, behavior. <laughs> Deb, get this. She's trying to turn Dan babyface. 
Holy shit. Could we get a Dan baby face turn? Fuck no. What am I even talking about? <laughs> or he might be on a good behavior for a little while, but how long is that really going to last? And a good behavior for him is just not causing a gigantic fucking scene. If he's mm-hmm. just at least somewhat cordial with a few backhanded comments, that counts as good behavior for him. Yep. Yeah. So now we're at the main event. Mm-hmm. It's the big fucking party at Dan's house. I absolutely love the sign that Keith <laughs> and Karen and, and Lucas. Lucas give each other if they before leave. the party if they want to leave. What is that sign? <laughs> like a raven. I mean, it's perfect. What about me? What about the Tree Hill Ravens? Another wrestling reference. You would not understand. What? I think he's on crack. No, I just am an insane wrestling fan. Anyway, <laughs> do you also know that uh, Caw, C-A-W, Caw is also a wrestling video game term? Create a wrestler cause. Yeah, you were saying that. Yeah. See, I can find comparisons all over the place. And these are like next level nerd comparisons. I can't believe that like we've been together how long now? Mm, like we're coming years. up on what anniversary? Shit, we're at six years and like like next week. Yeah. Yeah. Like six days. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's hard to believe that I it took so long for me to get you to watch this. Mm-hmm. But you're finally watching it and you're appreciating yeah. the similarities. Yeah. Between professional wrestling and One Tree Hill. But now it's also taken me six years to really get you to start watching wrestling. Like, at this level, I've taken you to house shows, and then we've watched a little bit here and there. You never got into it. But now you're actually forced. I used to watch wrestling once in a while with Skylar. Yeah. When we were together. Well, show me the same courtesy that you would show him and watch the fucking Attitude Era with me, brother. I am. Dan... has the fucking smoke when he gives this little speech to everybody oh who's my god at his and whitey's party. just sitting there pigging out on fucking cashews he's fucking like <laughs> just bogarting all the fucking cashews <laughs> just, I love whitey he wants so the top much. shelf bourbon he wants all the cashews he's just trying to bleed dan dry and oh I don't, totally i don't fair. blame him but the funny thing dan i mean sometimes he has some good lines and this was definitely one of them when he's talking about it and he's talking about how uh the dad's absolutely decimated the sons in the oh father-son basketball God. game. <laughs> Even though they lost by like 87 points or whatever it was. <laughs> whatever Last basket ridiculous. wins and the dads win. Because fuck yeah, Dan Scott. He's hilarious. What a heel. Cutting heel promos left, right, and center. I, I really do like the guy because he's such an asshole. I, I kind of like the I assholes. Don't. I love the assholes. They're just more entertaining, I find. So now Jake is encouraging Lucas to go and talk to Peyton because, you know, there's some sparkle happening there. Some sparkles. Some glitters. Some glitters. Um, some glitter juice. <laughs> some chicken McNuggets. Oh, my God. Um, but Brooke is pot stirring. Mm. Just continuing to just, just keep that the going. Chili. Just fucking making the chili. And uh, she goes and tells Lucas that... 
Peyton and Nathan are talking to each other and getting back together, it looks like. Um, Peyton and Nathan go up to Nathan's room to talk. And Peyton goes upstairs because she's looking for alcohol. She knows that Nathan has a little bit of a stash. Well, I mean, he can just walk right into a fucking liquor store buy whatever he wants and not get carded because it's tree hill and there's 42 people in town um and at this point peyton and nathan have realized that brooke was trying to set them back up together like saying all these things oh he's interested in you again oh she's into you again and they're like uh we never fucking said that brooke's a bitch no they're all realizing that (laughs) brooke is just pot stirring Fuck her. So uh, they storm out all upset. Brooke goes into the dresser drawers of Nathan's, Mm. you know, stuff and finds the tin that Haley gave to him for tutoring and opens it and finds a little love note. What does it say? Call me anytime for anything. It said something about believing you'll do great is half the battle or something Something. and then call me if you need anything some weird motivational white girl quote but But then then it has like she's got like pencils erasers like whatever it's a pretty basic like tutoring kit sure but i don't think she would do that for any of her other students that she tutors she would not do that for anything else i guarantee it and we also get a very sweet whitey and karen moment at this party mm-hmm. very very sweet what goes on there so whitey notices that karen's there and he says like oh like it's really nice to see you around because he remembers her from when she used to cheerlead for his basketball team when you know she was in high school so he's really thrilled to see her coming around which is really nice, and she's really thankful for that, too. Yep. It's nice to be noticed. Very sweet moment between the two. Jake now, once again, has obligations and has to cut out early. Mm-hmm. Brooke is very perturbed by these obligations, wondering what they well, are. Well, because she just wants to hook up. She wants to hook up with Lucas, and Lucas has turned her down. Now she's like, ooh. You'll do. Jake, you'll do. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. No, he's got... <laughs> obligations Mm -hmm. Hmm. and she's wants to know and he says that whatever it is would kill her buzz yeah so it's something big it's serious something pretty big something that would really shock the shit out of her Mm. and everybody else for that matter yep so then uh brooke is setting up a game of truth or dare outside Mm. in the backyard and, uh, you know, it's going whatever. It's pretty simple high school shit. Yeah. But then Brooke looks at Peyton and said, dares her to show her true feelings yeah. for Lucas. Mm-hmm. And Peyton's pissed at Brooke and knows that Brooke is into Lucas. So she just goes and passionately kisses yeah. Lucas. And it's fucking on, dude. It's finally fucking on. Yeah. And they're going up to the bedroom. I think, is that Dan's room? Well, no, they're not there yet. But when they eventually go up there, is it Dan's room? Mm, It's a guest room, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, they storm off. Peyton storms off to the swings. 
Haley has gotten a call at some point because the caterers for this party fucked yes. up with the cakes. Yes. So Deb and Karen. Well, who who owns Karen's Cafe? Well, yeah, I know that. I'm getting there, bro. Um, Karen makes an offer to Deb because she's there when this news comes about and says, well, hey, I've got desserts at my cafe. I'll just get Haley to bring them by. She'll bring a coffee and a scone or biscotti for two fifty. Oh my god! <laughs> um, so, anyways, Haley comes up and sees that Lucas and Peyton are kind of getting a little cozy by the swing. Oh, they're getting cozy. And she's bringing three boxes of cakes and desserts, whatever, for this party. Bad timing. But she's totally not dressed for a party like this. Obviously, she's working. She's wearing jeans and like a sweater or something. Um, And she's kind of uncomfortable by what she sees with Peyton and Lucas. But what do you know? Just as I said before, Haley shows up to the party. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. My pre-dick, Sean. You were trying to get too far ahead of yourself, though. So She's I there. needed to set you back a She's few there. bars. She's there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to speed this up so we can get to the wrestling already. Oh, my God. You were trying to speed it up that early? <laughs> I mean, Buddy. Yeah. Buddy, you got to do your time, man. I guess. <laughs> So now Haley's been um, invited to stay after delivering these cakes. Deb says, you know, hanging out with your friends. And Haley's like, well, I'm still on the clock. And, you know, Karen makes a point. If you've closed up everything, locked up, you're good. You're off the clock. You can stay. Who's the boss? (laughs) Karen. (laughs) She's right there. You're off the fucking clock. You're good. So Haley starts to go around and just kind of roam through the party and Nathan sees her and he's happy to see her. Brooke is passing around the note that Haley left in that little box of tricks that she gave to Nathan. Probably just going to have to rename this the We Hate Brooke podcast at this point. Oh Holy fuck. God. Dude. Yeah. This is you probably know how, her worst episode. I you think. know how you feel about Paul Bear? Yeah. That's how I feel about Brooke. This is probably her worst episode. Really? I think so. Doesn't get much worse than this? For kind of petty bitchiness. Yeah, this is about as bad as it gets. It's the one that makes you... Cringe. Cringe the most when it comes to Brooke. Hater. Um, So anyways, Haley is clearly fucking embarrassed and storms off and doesn't want to be there. And Nathan is also now pissed off at Brooke. Understandably so. Uh, Lucas and Peyton have found a room in Nathan's house. Mm-hmm. And they want to hook up. Oh, Bow yeah. It's finally fucking on between these two. They're ready. <laughs> They're cocked, locked, and ready to unload. And what does Lucas do? He fucks it all up. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking Mennonite, and he fucks it all up. And Maroon Five is playing. Oh my God, she Maroon Five! Adam Levine in the fucking oh background, God. singing a <laughs> shitty Maroon Five song that they play in every fucking romantic TV show or movie. The Notebook, you fucking name it, always has Maroon Five. She will be loved. Fuck that song. 
But I digress. He fucks everything up. If you have Peyton in a room, just you, you're going to bang the shit out of her. You shut your fucking mouth and you bang the shit out of her. You don't turn fucking Mennonite and go, I want a relationship with you. I want all of you. I want your skin. I want your fucking eyes. I want this. I want marriage. I want 17 kids. I want to double the population of Tree Hill with all the kids we're going to have. You almost turned this into like a possible murder mystery makeup podcast. That's a fucking creep. Because if you have somebody as hot as Peyton, DTF, you fucking do it, man. Shut your fucking mouth. And what does he do? He fucking blew it. Yeah. Blew it. He ruined it. And she's upset. She leaves. Man, that is in the that is in the fucking legendary books of bad moves right there. Well, and then as Lucas is putting his shirt back on and exiting the room, yeah, who sees Dan them? Yeah. catches him yeah. and is like, But oh, nothing happened. Nothing happened, nothing but he makes a feeble comment about you know making the same mistake he um, or he did or whatever and I don't know. Lucas is just fucking over it, and he wants to go home at this point. I mean, honestly, you can't blame him. There's going to be no brood yet, but eventually that brood is coming. How long do you think that'll be? Mm, yeah, okay. We got another fucking uh, prediction here. Wow. <laughs> I mean, if Lucas could have just shut up for fucking seven minutes and 31 seconds and get it in, because that's how long he would have lasted with fucking Peyton, brother. Uh, if he could have just <laughs> shut up, he would have got in, but he didn't. But now this prediction is, when do you think they will finally hook up, Peyton mm-hmm. and Lucas? And yeah. like... Not just like kiss or whatever no, again, full on. like full on, full on DNV, like fucking pure penetration. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I want to say end of season one. Like, it, how long is the first season? Like twenty something episodes. Twenty two. Twenty two episodes. Possibly season finale or close to the end of season one. In those mm. last like few episodes, I feel that it's gotten this close and there's so much built up already. And we're only in episode seven by episode 21, 22, end of season one. Something's got to be there. So mm. it's got to happen. Okay. Interesting. That's kind of where I'm going with this. I also love how they kind of close, close to closing this episode, the last little bit is now Haley is back at Karen's cafe. Mm-hmm. She's all crying. She's not happy. She's, upset. She's very upset. They pull a fucking move out of the friends playbook and Nathan goes up to the window of a cafe just like fucking Ross Geller did. Oh, I didn't to even To Rachel catch that. Green. It's fucking raining out. He's banging on the window, but in friends I don't think it was raining. Whatever. <laughs> In Friends, Rachel opens the door for Ross Geller and they kiss and it's a magical moment. They start dating and this is all before we were on a break. But they literally pull this out of the Friends playbook, do this scene verbatim, but she shuts the lights out and walks the fuck away. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. Damn, that was a savage that move. was cold. Fucking... <laughs> Macho man, macho man, Randy Savage, right there. Like, that is crazy shit. 
Do you think Haley has ever been in a relationship? Doesn't seem like she has. I mean, to be fair, they're all very young still. Like, they're mm-hmm, early they're, high school. So yeah. they're like 16-ish, right? 16, maybe 17, some of the older ones. Mm-hmm. A lot of them probably haven't really had relationships at this point. Exactly. And yeah, this could be her very first one. And she doesn't pull the Rachel Green. She pulls the fucking Haley and just turns her back she's a very strong character that's something i love about i do like her too is she's a very um just a very strong-willed person Mm -hmm. and i appreciate that with her a lot because you know there's a lot of things that come up and happen in her life in the show and it's good. I stand Haley as well. Too. I love Haley. I stand Haley, but not as much as I stand Deb. <laughs> and Deb has now made a new friend, and it is Karen. Yes, and Dan is pissed. Oh, he's not. I mean, in your situation, it's a little different because I am friends with one of your exes, and it's not weird just because he likes One Tree Hill and wrestling and <laughs> listens to the podcast. <laughs> but in this situation, that's very weird that your current wife would be hanging out and buddy buddy and friends with your ex. But to be fair, they have a lot of com- in common. They do have but- a lot in common. So we'll kind of see how that relationship comes to fruition and, and goes. And then the final fucking cliffhanger fade to black scene we get Double J. Jake Jagelski has obligation. He has obligation. There's a song, and you're like, is that Jake's voice? Yeah, and he has a nice voice. He's got a really nice voice. He's better than Double J Jesse James, I'll tell you that much. And uh, it kind of fades in through all these scenes. He's playing the guitar, too, isn't he? And yeah, he's playing the guitar, he's singing along. And he's singing to a robot, baby! To his daughter. It's a fucking robot. (laughs) This little baby, that's his obligations. It all makes sense why Whitey, especially with, you know, the history in Tree Hill with, you know, teenage pregnancies. (laughs) I think Whitey's kind of used to it. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things. He's seen it a few times. He's been there, done that. So, But yes, Double J, our boy, Jake Jagelski. Has a fucking kid. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the kid in the scene, why I call it Robot Baby, it's making kid noises, crying or whining or cooing or whatever. But it's not moving. The the facial expression stays the same. I mean, we have a baby. We know that if a baby is cooing or moving around, like, even if they're swaddled, if a baby's swaddled, you can still see, like, it's not that tight that they can't. Exactly. Move, Flynn broke the fuck out of his swaddle any chance he got, oh, yeah. and he was so strong. But he this just baby did it immediately. is in a bassinet, full go, no swaddle, no nothing. It ain't fucking moving a muscle. It's robot baby. So he fucking had sex with some fucking weird robot, and now he a has robot. a robot. <laughs> <laughs> he has an offspring with this fucking robot. But where's the fucking oh, robot wife? Where's God. the robot girlfriend who had this kid? We don't know. Who knows? But either way, apparently he's taking care of a kid. We don't know. He could be a single dad at this point. Could be. We really don't know what's going on. But either way, Double J's got a fucking robot baby, and we fucking fade to black. This episode wasn't too bad. Uh, definitely not as good as the last episode. I mean, wow. episode six is going to go down in the annals of great 
Tree Hill episodes. I mean, that was a fucking 10 baller, like we said on the last episode. This definitely wasn't a 4.20, but there were some fun moments. So I would have to say this episode ranked on the five-star Meltzer scale at a 3.16. Oh, my God. How did I know that you were going to do a 3.16? You know me too well. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of 3.16, 3.16, even though Stone Cold Steve Austin isn't in an actual match on this pay-per-view or about to review, he is all over the fucking map in this pay-per-view, which I love. He actually is on a dark match on the pay-per-view against Gold Can we, okay, can we first talk about 3.16? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about this it? fucker. What about it? <laughs> what about it? <laughs> this fucker. <laughs> when he decided to ask me to be his girlfriend, mm-hmm. he conveniently mm. asked me on March 16th. It just so happened to be that day, and that is the story I will stick by till the end of time. Uh huh. Very convenient. So that you can remember for all time. At least I'll never forget it. That's next level boyfriend shit right there. Most guys forget their anniversary with their wives and their girlfriends. So why not just put it on a date that you can never forget? <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. Oh my God. And yeah, our anniversary too. Anyway. <laughs> oh, he's uh, going to get cut. Gonna get if Sean's the- not on the next episode, you'll know why. <laughs> I'm sleeping on the couch till next week's episode. In your house, 1996. It is December 15th. It is in West Palm Beach, Florida. And this is pre Bruce Buffer. It's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were talking, so we make some predictions for One Tree Hill. So I'm thinking, you know, Lucas and Peyton, they won't hook up till the end of season one. We will, we do our predictions, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously we have a few predictions that we went over the last episode of some of the matches you do you think are going to win. So we have Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Mark Merrow. Mm-hmm. And you picked Triple H in that match to win. Mm-hmm. Then we also had Undertaker against the Executioner, which you easily pick the undertaker to win that match and then we have sid and bret hart main event for the world title and you pick sid so those are your three predictions going into this so we will see how you will fare on this Mm pay-per-view in your house 96 and here's another predict aaron chun i don't know i can't make a joke out of that one no Uh, it's not gonna work there is a pay-per-view coming up in a couple months away from where (sighs) we are right now Okay. Another fucking pay-per-view. There's one a month. Okay, so he bitches that we go over like 39 minutes worth of Tree Hill talk. Yeah. Yet you make me watch an hour and 45 minutes of fucking wrestling Mm pay-per-view. Put me through some fucking torture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He bitches. Yeah. About 39 minutes of just talking on the podcast about One Tree Hill. Yep. I want to talk about wrestling, brother. <sighs> so your prediction. So in a couple months, there is going to be a pay-per-view. And mm-hmm. I just said it's pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you're real jazzed about this. In February, there is a pay-per-view called Final Four. Now, no spoilers. 
I'm not going to tell you anything about it. I'm not going to tell you anything leading up to it. But basically, Final Four is meaning four wrestlers. Now, from what you've watched in now seven episodes of WWF in the Attitude Era, you give me four wrestlers that they're talking about when it comes to Final Four. Give me four wrestlers, and who do you think they're talking about? Tassel Boots. Yeah. One. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Undertaker. Yeah. And Bret Hart. So, <laughs> you like to, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about wrestling. How can I make predictions? I know jack shit. Guess what? You just fucking predicted three out of the four when they're talking about Final Four. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I guess, like, I mean, I picked Tassel Boots because he's Tassel Boots. He's, he's amazing. literally your fucking bay. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin's my <laughs> bay. British Bulldog is your British Bay Dog. <laughs> 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 we gotta yeah. save that one brother <laughs> that's, that's great <laughs> british bay but dog also for you. stone cold undertaker and bret hart that just makes sense well, from they're like, all over the program yeah so it makes sense right so if they're going to talk about four guys that are on but stone Tassel cold boots wins sense. a spot in my heart wins a spot in your heart but not <laughs> in the final four and when we actually get there, are going to be like this guy was in the final four like austin makes sense taker mm-hmm. makes sense bret hart makes sense the next guy who it actually was for Final Four, you're going to be like, what? Why? Doesn't make any sense. But huh. either way. And why wouldn't they make it Tassel Boots? That's rude. <sighs> Storyline. Make brother. it make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about wrestling. You can't bring logic into an illogical situation. <laughs> <laughs> Very illogical. So first match of the show, for some fucking reason, Leaf Cassidy, who's not even teaming with Marty Jannetty now. He's just a single. Marty Genitalia. Marty Genitalia, <laughs> as you so lovingly refer to him as. Yeah. Leaf, Nissan Leaf When they Cassidy. have a name like that. Marty Jannetty. I, I can't help it. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so Nissan Leaf Cassidy is now singles, I suppose, and he's on the opening match of this card, and he's against... Flash, you are so funky. Flash, uh, funk, and fucking oh my god, his hose. Yep. Flash, yeah. funk, and the his him fucking daddy and his hose. The funkettes. I forgot what he, I called him for a second. <laughs> Flash, funk, pimp, daddy, and his hose. His the hose. funkettes. They're coming down to the ring. He's got the the music going on, the hip hop. He's kind flash fun. Boring thing. It, it's whatever. But the funny thing is, he goes to the broadcast desk, and we got once again Ugh. Jim Ross, who go. Jim Ross is a go when it comes to commentating. Jerry the King Lawler, one of the greatest heel commentators of all time, and Vince Vincent Kennedy McMahon mm. and. <laughs> Flash Funk and his hoes, they're dancing all up. Vince McMahon's moving. He's grooving. Oh he's my dancing god, he like an old white man. Like, oh my god, he's he dancing. looks like my hey, dad hey, dancing hey, in a park. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just, you can see the movements through oh the podcast god, that I'm doing so that it's funny. Vince McMahon. But I love that Jim Ross just no sells the shit of it. This guy's the leader. This guy's the leader of the WWF. I'm just trying to call a damn match here and he's freaking dancing he's uh, dancing king 
<laughs> just God. fucking burying Vince for dancing with Flash fucking. So at least it's bringing a little bit of entertainment to this fucking match between Leaf Cassidy and Flash Fuck. How did this match make pay-per-view? They didn't have a feud going on. There's no storyline going into this. It's just like, here's two guys. Have a match. I guess so. I guess sometimes You're paying they 20 fucking it. dollars for this shit. Um, twenty fucking dollars. Why the fuck? I wouldn't you paying? ever pay twenty dollars for this shit. You wouldn't pay twenty cents for that shit. No, but I wouldn't. Either way, the leader of the WWF is dancing with Flash Funk, and honestly, this match it's okay match. There's a little bit of good work rate. Flash is actually pretty good in the ring. Like he's got some good moves. A little bit of springboard somersault plancha here. A little bit of a, a four fifty splash here. <laughs> a little snooze fest there. <laughs> Either way, do you like the referee Jimmy Corderas with his hair? Oh god, see that his hair! hair. He's got the cul-de-sac it's going terrible. on. Terrible, just shave it all off, oh, yeah. bro. It's pretty bad. I'll wax it for him. Oh, <laughs> there's actually because uh, next month's pay per view is the Royal Rumble, and I'm so excited! Oh my god, I'm so excited for you to watch your first ever Royal Rumble. It's gonna be great because it's one of the best Royal Rumbles ever. 1997 Royal Rumble kicks fucking ass, especially the Royal Rumble match itself. But at the end of it, Jimmy Corderas is involved with it, and it's gonna be kind of funny when you find out what actually happened with Jimmy Corderas at the end of it. But that's a month away. Mm-hmm. We're a little bit away from that. But now getting to the end of this match the 450 splash nice little flip in the air flash funky wins by pinfall good little close fall reversals in this match but honestly it's kind of a nothing match i don't understand why this is on pay-per-view they could have just put this on a monday night raw and it would have been just fine but no you got to pay 20 dollars see leap cassidy versus flash funk yeah no no thanks yeah no i'm not into it pass next match oh boy next match gasoline <laughs> i yeah fucking gasoline diesel fake diesel gasoline and fake razor shaving cream ramon <laughs> they are challenging for the tag team titles that are held by owen hart and tasselbiss why the fuck did you just yawn before saying tasselbiss <laughs> that is sacrilege that is absolutely blasphemous I'm sorry I am so tired from dealing with our one-year-old all day. And you're not bringing We're recording your at and you're not bringing your a game for I'm tassel tired. boots. I need more coffee. Oh my god! I love you, tassel boots. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> we got gasoline and shaving cream Ramon against the tag champs own heart and British Bulldog, aka tassel boots. <laughs> right away. Okay, so it's so funny going into this match. And this is kind of on the Raws and what they've been playing up is that, yeah, Stone Cold's a fucking menace, okay? Mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin, glass break. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> Stone, like I said, Stone Cold Steve Austin is a fucking menace, and he just loves sticking his nose in the business of Owen, Bulldog, and Brett the Hitman Hart. Mm-hmm. So building up to this, Bulldog seems way more focused on Austin than he does actually defending his own tag team titles. He has a match here with his brother-in-law where he's defending the titles and his mind is in Stone Cold Steve Austin land. So the match starts, they get going, Bulldog's in there, Austin literally just walks out to the ring. Doesn't do anything, doesn't get in the ring, doesn't flip the bird to Bulldog, doesn't do anything. He literally just walks to ringside. 
Bulldog catches wind of Austin and fucking gets out, sprints him down, and goes right after Austin. Oh, Didn't yeah. do a damn thing. I guess he wanted to beat him to the punch because he knew he would do something. So yeah. he's like, fuck this. I'm going to get it. But Owen has every right to be pissed here. We're trying mm-hmm. to fucking defend our titles here, and you're off in fucking Stone Cold land trying to fight him every <laughs> single chance you get. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, though. It does. Owen's visibly unhappy with it, and rightfully so. Jim Ross, when he was the one technically that brought in gasoline and shaving cream Ramon and and promoted them as Diesel and Razor, and technically I guess they can be Diesel and Razor, but there aren't the original guys who played Diesel and Razor. So Ross is kind of off like a heel run, like, kind of managing these two guys but he's not and he's commentating and he literally screams at them the entire match for how shitty they are oh my god (laughs) diesel hits a side slam and he doesn't go for the cover which you know is diesel's one of his signature moves is the side slam and he doesn't go for the cover and ross is just where'd he go make the damn cover just screaming at gasoline I just loved every minute of it that like a heel but not heel announcer is screaming at his old team to do the proper shit in the match. Kind of <laughs> hilarious. And, 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 and. We get a this see you next Tuesday distraction. It's the Dr. Bitch distraction. Thank you very much. See you next Tuesday. The DBD. It seems like we've been getting the DBD a lot in tag matches, but I mean, well, it's kind mean, of a tag spot. Makes sense. It totally makes sense. Distract the referee so that you can have the two-on-one beat down. Mm-hmm. We get a DBD. From my tassel boots. Owen was in the match for a little while, and he takes in Bulldog. Because mm-hmm. he hasn't been in the match for a little while, and this is called the hot tag, where a guy's not in the match for a little bit, he gets that hot tag, he comes into the match, and he is a fucking bull in a china shop. <laughs> Fuck shit up, oh tassel my boots. God. Bulldog is just going ham here. Mm-hmm. He is fucking clotheslining everybody left, right, and center, taking out everybody two on one. Doesn't matter. He takes them both, double noggin knocker, just fucking <laughs> takes both their heads, bam, right into each other. He is just leveling up. He's fucking tassel boots, and he's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I love British Bulldog. I always have. He is fucking great. He had a really good run here in 97 doing the Owen Hart Brett stuff. Really enjoy this period for him. He goes for his running power slam finisher on fake Razor <laughs> and it gets reversed and Razor goes for the shaving cream edge Oh my formerly God. the Razor's edge. But while um Fake Razor has him in position for the the Razor's Edge. Owen comes out of nowhere, hits Razor with the spin kick. Great tag team, like really good teamwork with Bulldog. And Owen hits him with the fucking spin kick. Bulldog rolls him up. Fucking one, two, three. 
tassel boots with the W. Tassel boots. They retain. Oh, yeah. What did you think of Bulldog in this match? He was the fucking star of this match. I loved him even more. He was so good. He was great. He was so amazing. It's tassel boots. He, he is pretty awesome. But He's he, amazing oh. no matter what. Yeah, that's very true. He was running down Austin. He was taking two guys <laughs> at once. He was doing everything. But post-match, Austin comes back, of course. Because he ain't fucking done yet because he loves fucking with everybody. While Owen and Bulldog are celebrating their win with their titles, Austin's going to fucking Austin. Stone Cold's going to Stone Cold. And he fucking chop blocks Bulldog out of nowhere. He just cuts his so fucking rude. legs out from under him. And I know so you like Stone Cold, but not when he's beating up fucking Tasha No, boots. leave my baby alone. Yeah. Now, I know we don't rate individual matches, but it's fucking British Bulldog. So... Anything with British Bulldog tassel boots, my baby, sweet little princess, British gets a Bay-dog. 10 in my books. <laughs> He's a 10. An honest, <laughs> an honest rating of this match. What well, did you think of it? I mean, the fake boys. Yeah. They suck. Gasoline and shaving cream. But the other, obviously, British Bulldog is king. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bret Hart. Owen Owen Hart. Hart. Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Eh. Brett's later. Eh. Meh. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, Tassel Boots is the star of the show. Mm -hmm. I'd give the match itself probably about an eight. Eight out of ten. Because, you know, it was kind of, it kind of dragged a little bit. But not too long. The austin coming out that was kind of like interesting i was like oh what's going on here mm-hmm. and then tassel boots being like ha no bitch i'm gonna fuck your shit up <laughs> right now fuck you up the, the second he laid his eyes on him too. and then going back in and finishing it off oh, like the way he did him. it it was like bay yeah he was the star <laughs> good eight out of ten not bad i like it i like it except for the chop block at the end by austin yeah yeah so we move from that tag match to Farouk. He's up in <laughs> Farik. the Farik. <laughs> He's up in the rafters with the rest of the Nation of Domination. Uh, the White Rappers, PG thirteen. He's shit talking fanny pack tracksuit boy. <laughs> fanny pack tracksuit boy. B O I boy. I couldn't remember what I wrote in my notes for a second and my eyesight is shit. I was fanny, like trying, What wow. did I write? Yeah. Fanny, fanny pack, pack tracksuit track boy. boy. <laughs> Ahmed Johnson. And Sean makes fun of me for wearing a fanny pack. I wore one at the last concert that we were at. He actually looked pretty good to be fair. To yeah, be completely honest, you. it looked pretty good on you. Because it's not your typical fanny pack. You don't wear it like Ahmed Johnson wears his fucking fanny pack. Like every dude wore a fanny pack back in the late 90s. I mean, I wore it like around my waist like that. But kind of off the side or almost more of like a satchel than a fanny pack. It was a lot cooler than a fanny pack. Well, I was also wearing like almost all black. And then and your my fanny pack is black we were both wearing shackets too. and my shacket it just like it tied the outfit together ties it together 
Not this outfit, though. No, Fucking oh tracksuit and fanny pack for Ahmed Johnson. Once again, you cannot barely fucking I love understand. It's kind of like a velvet tracksuit. Yeah. I used to have it's like a, a bluish kind yeah. of velvety kind of I thing. I used to going have a there. brown velvet tracksuit oh. that had like very pale pink accents, and I had a pale pink tank top to go underneath it. Yep. And that is that's the outfit i wore to get my first job at mcdonald's Whoa, <laughs> that damn. was my interview outfit. that's the interview outfit <laughs> well ahmed johnson is having an interview right now yeah. wearing a fucking tracksuit as well so it feels like you know you have a lot of telepathy with british bulldog like obviously he's british bay dog to you but it feels like ahmed johnson is winning <laughs> you over a little bit with this velvet tracksuit track and, and fanny pack, pack. So Ahmed Johnson's starting to win over the heart of Miss Erin Cosker. Not the guy I thought that would be doing that, but to each their own. They have a promo back and forth. It's your typical freak. I'm in the nation. He says a bunch of, you know, basically racist shit. <laughs> and for the time, I mean, you know, African-American dude saying that kind of shit. So what they put on. It's definitely like a Black Lives Matter kind of stable that they got going on with two white rappers, mind you. <laughs> but Whatever, to each their own. Exactly. But they go kind of back and forth. But now they're promoting that at Royal Rumble in mm. front of 103,000 people at the Alamo Dome. Mm. Farouk versus Fanny Pack Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> tracksuit boy tracksuit boy they're gonna have the big match at rumble finally ahmed's gonna get his hands on farouk that's a big match and we'll see where they go from there and, he, and once again he goes with this you're going down uh chant that he gets everybody to do mm -hmm. incomprehensible ahmed promo you can barely understand what he's saying that's gonna be a theme going forward <laughs> <laughs> i digress to the next match we have an intercontinental championship match between <laughs> Prince Charming, Bone Marrow. <laughs> Apparently there's a fucking love triangle with this sable horse bitch. Horse? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she looks like a horse? I don't know. Okay, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Wild Man Mark Marrow or Bone Marrow as you affectionately bone refer marrow. to him. Not affectionately. Not affectionately he refer. He creeps me the fuck out. So Triple H, he was with Sable when she first came into mm -hmm. the company. And then Sable dumped him, slapped him in the fucking face and said, you're done and I'm with Wild Man Mark Marrow. Because apparently Triple H is a hoe. Yeah, he likes to get around a little bit. But... Yeah, I feel like the chicks in these, like they're with these wrestlers, are yeah. also hoes. They're like, you'll do for now. Yeah. They're kind of pulling the, the Brooke, Brooke method. Jigelski, <laughs> you'll do. You'll and do. And then as soon as someone better comes around, they're like, ah. <laughs> fuck you bitch which i'm kinda, over here which now. is kind of funny because at this point sable and meryl were married in real life or about to be married they were they did have a real life relationship together that's fucking weird yeah but think about it you're on the road 300 days a year all you ever see are these people every waking moment of course you're gonna get some relationships like actually outside the company like it's just weird to me you know 
but that's just the way it is. Like people that you used to work with or whatever, you see them all the time. A lot of people date within their own industries. It's not really out of the norm. It's just we don't need to talk about that. One of those <laughs> things. Did you enjoy the Karate Fighters blimp? The blimp? <laughs> I thought that was the most random thing. I don't know. They like blimps. You gotta get the blimps. <laughs> the blimps. <laughs> gotta get the fucking blimps in. You get the Karate Fighters blimp. You get the fucking Stridex pad blimp. You get the Goodyear blimp. You get <laughs> you get blimps. 96, mm-hmm. 97, 98, you get blimps. Yeah. Blimps, brother. So we get Marrow, who is like the shitty like working tassels. Like his tassels are just working tassels. They're not like Bulldog. They're no. not the shoot tassels. They're just the fucking They can never be. Tassels tassel boots tassels it's not real tassels and even has tassels on like his wrist and on his boots they're not the real wrist tassels. tassels i think would get in the way exactly yeah you're trying to grip to kind of getting in the way it's not great match is okay nothing spectacular Mero does have a couple nice finishing moves like he has a nice moon salt which he calls the bone marrow salt. <laughs> <laughs> and he has the wild thing which is the shooting star press so he does the marrow salt and trips kicks out of that one, mm-hmm. which surprisingly enough, that's a pretty signature move for marrow kicks out of that. He is the intercontinental champion to be fair. And then we get the aforementioned ref bump. Fucking refs. <laughs> refs suck. <laughs> get we, them out of here. We saw in tree Hill that a ref actually made a good decision in a basketball game. One yeah. time made sense. Throw the guys mm-hmm. out for fighting. Sure. Refs cannot do fuck all right in wrestling. They're, just be there they to count the three. Suck. Just don't do anything besides Don't get count in the, the way. Get the fuck out of there. Like, <laughs> just do the count when you need to be there for that. So we get the ref. Because they just keep K. First of all, they mm-hmm. get they get bumped. And they're down for an hour. And then hour. they're down for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. And they can't do the fucking count when they need it. So, yeah. Somebody hits their move. <sighs> they try to get the count. Fucking useless. Or have a backup. Sometimes. Have a backup ref. Chill in there. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to cut a fucking promo cut right now. Cut your promo, brother. Okay. So, these fucking refs, they get knocked the fuck out. Maybe learn how to take a hit. <laughs> properly without dying yeah you're in a physical (laughs) industry you know figure it out but no they have they have how many refs remember that one match where they had like four four refs that came out and did all that shit where are they when they need to be there as backup (laughs) fucking refs because honestly they're fucking useless take away their paychecks take away their fucking job descriptions get the fuck out of here oh just laying down laying down the heat pay me (laughs) <laughs> i'll get in there laying down the heat on wrestling referees yes they they tend to take all the bumps they never get up when it's important oh. sometimes backup refs come down and count the three when he's covering but the regular ref isn't ready or he's already still down. or or mm-hmm. they go to get up to do like okay the ref takes a bump mm-hmm Goes and makes a call on something or does something and then writhes in pain again. And now they can't do anything for 10, 20 Mm. fucking minutes. And it's like, okay, so you came back to life for two (laughs) seconds and now you're dead again? To do the count and it's a near fall and you're (gasps) dead again. 
Now you're learning about wrestling referees and their tendencies. They're fucking useless. <laughs> I've never seen a more useless human being in my fucking life. Oh, that was a great promo, babe. That was pretty awesome. So while uh, the ref bumps happen, he's down. Fucking gold dust. Fucking, oh my God. Chicken McNugget. <laughs> he wants with, to fuck shit up. With the glitter juice. He's going after everybody. So he nails both guys with the Intercontinental title. So obviously this means that gold dust wants to be instituted in the feuds for the Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. So the fucking match ends in a count out. Yep. So they're both down after their belt shots. They slowly kind of get up. Marrow makes the count before the ref magically got back up and started the 10 count. Mm -hmm. Marrow gets in the ring at nine. Trips is still down. He gets counted out. The end. Ring the bell. You said that they don't lose the belt if it's a count. Exactly. So you can only win the belt. So fucking bone marrow. (laughs) Piece of sheet. Piece of sheet. <laughs> Clean sheet. Piece of sheet. He's a fucking thief. He just goes and steals that belt. Yeah. He just goes and grabs and it out of the his. dude's hands. Yeah. It's not his. Yeah, it's not his. Yeah, he just you, grabs it and takes off. You cannot win a title if you're a challenger by countout or disqualification. You have to win by pinfall or submission. And he's the face. So why is he taking this title and, you know, taking off with it? Like, that seems to be a kind of a heel move. And then he hits. And she, Sable? Yeah. That fucking cunt? She's totally egging him on with it. Yeah. She I is. said to see you next Tuesday she where did. she pisses me oh, off that, that much. That much. Wow. <laughs> Unreal. This bitch. <laughs> and then he hits his fucking finish. He hits the wild thing post-match. What a dummy. Yeah, what? It's fucking done. Why you waste your time? Like, oh, People want to see the big move, I guess. Ugh. So, yeah, that the match is kind of all over Even the place. Even though you don't actually win the title. Yeah. He yeah. wants to, he's like, oh, if I do it after the fact, does this mean I actually win the title? No, no it dummy. Looked, that's not like <laughs> it is hilarious because it after he hit it with it, it looked like he was on top of her sec, like waiting for a pin. Yeah. <laughs> obviously not going to get fucking it because it's both match. He's a fucking dummy. You know, else is a dummy. Fucking psycho Sid. Oh, I fucking hate that idiot. <laughs> He's in the back. And this is a theme now, like Survivor Series at Madison uh hexagon <laughs> hexagon garden <laughs> i have to think of shapes you gotta think of new shapes brother i need a flynn's shape sorter and then i'll just like <laughs> you know do a little thing twirl and yeah. whatever yeah, one is a new shape. looking at me that's the one madison hexagon garden at survivor yeah, series square sid. might come up but you know yeah could <laughs> sid just like at that pay-per-view, at this pay-per-view, he's got a backstage interview with Doc Hendricks. He's got the fucking white baseball cap on again that looks like a yarmulke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and apparently he just brings this out for pay-per-views or something. His special backwards white hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he goes on it. You know Sid's spiel by now. Yeah. I am the But master. he talks so quietly you can't even and hear ruler. him. And then I and then get he, super loud. Yeah. And then I get quiet because I am the master and the ruler of the world. Wow. That's Sid in a nutshell. <laughs> Fucking loser. Next match we have the Undertaker. Okay. But I love how when, you know how normally like his 
the gong hits, the music starts, whatever for yeah. him. The lights go black immediately. Right? Normally when he goes. Oh in. yeah. So like you hear that gong and then the lights go down. Yeah, yeah. Like right away. Oh yeah. Weren't they this a little delayed? Time, this time? It was delayed. I'm like, what fucking <laughs> idiot screwed that up? They're a little late Fire on them. It. So you hear a gong, a gong. Everyone's fired in those gong. match refs. The people that are doing the lighting. <laughs> Fire. A little late on the the putting down of the lights. If I were the Undertaker, I would have like gone and scared the shit out of them and like walked up to whatever wherever they are for that shit and just like glared them down. Yeah. Either way, Undertaker's making his entrance, very legendary entrance. Lights are out. People this is before people had cell phones, so they don't now they raise their cell phones when it's when it's dark in the arena, but back then they would Hit their lighters. Yeah. And you'd see the lighters everyone's in the crowd fucking smoking. And stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you got to be high to enjoy wrestling. <laughs> uh, they hit their lighters. So he has his big entrance. This is an Armageddon rules match. Undertaker versus the Executioner. What is an Armageddon rules match? They actually educate us in what an Armageddon rules match is. So you have to pin your opponent. One, two, three. And then they have to stay down for a count of 10 and mm-hmm. then the match is over yeah so it's it's very confusing i don't know why they did this and funnily enough they never did another armageddon rules match ever again as far as i can remember <laughs> but weirdly enough this is the december pay-per-view and a few years later their pay-per-views in december were called armageddon weird weird hey a lot of weird huh. kind of foreshadowing kind of stuff a one weird little match rule of Armageddon turns into a pay-per-view and a December pay-per-view at that. Paul Bear's here. Ugh. Oh, yes. No. Yes, yes, yes. I want to slap you every time you do that. <laughs> Paul Bear, me off. manager for the Executioner. He is at ringside. I'm sure if you were front row at ringside, you'd probably be throwing shit at him legit i told sean that the one time i was like honestly if i were right there like i would only want to be in a wrestling like arena thing sitting there so i could throw shit or like have a sign about against this fucking idiot that pisses me <laughs> off so much that I just want to, oh, I just like want to Like I said, him. how and you then, feel about Bear, that's how I feel about Brooke right now. But then Sean's like, oh, you'd get thrown out. I'm like, worth it. Worth it. <laughs> worth it if I could throw shit at him because he's the worst. Best. Can I duct tape his mouth shut? If you, yeah, if you wanted to. But you'd fucking have to jump excellent. the barricade. You'd excellent. You'd have to jump the barricade and then you'd have to deal with the the actual security guards of the arena who stopped the fans from jumping the barricade, Jim Dotson, gigantic motherfucker. I don't think you want to fuck with that guy. He'll take you down. He don't care who the fuck you are. I would make it work. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'd get Stone Cold Steve Austin or tassel boots on my side. and To do it for you. You know, they could Uh, help me out. There you go. Now you're thinking. Now you're thinking. Best part of this entire pay-per-view happens next undertaker removes the padding off the floor now it is the exposed (laughs) now it is the exposed concrete he gets executioner up he's gonna fucking tombstone him on the cement this is a fucking savage move right here 
gets him up. <laughs> who comes in? <laughs> the fucking mankind like idiot trips. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be me, to be honest. I'm clumsy as shit. Oh. But that was just so funny to see on what TV. What <laughs> a way to make a run in. So Undertaker <laughs> lifts up the padding, puts it kind of where the steel stairs are, gets Executioner up for the tombstone. Mankind makes the big run in. Mm-hmm. And trips over the fucking padding by the stairs that the Undertaker put there. He's trying to attack from the back, but he fucking trips. Mm-hmm. Undertaker knows it's coming because it's a planned spot. It's always and, planned. It's yeah. real. It's fucking wrestling. There's some things that aren't planned, as you'll see next year. Some things aren't planned that happen, and it changes the entire industry. Okay. Yes. Undertaker <laughs> puts down Executioner. Mankind just looks like an absolute fool for falling flat on his face <laughs> on the idiot. fucking cement. Just ambushes him. It, it's pretty hilarious. So now all of a sudden, Mankind has instituted himself in this match. He's like, "Well, fuck it. It's no disqualification. So we're just gonna." Beat I'm the here. Fuck. I'm here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Undertaker's having none of that fucking mess. He throws mankind through the entire fucking set. Oh my god. In your house has an awesome set where they have like the house and they have a little grass area, the door, the window. Throws them right through the fucking window. That was hilarious. <laughs> Takes down the fucking set. <laughs> throws them through the door. <laughs> they didn't go and fix it after. They didn't even fix it. So you They're can just see like, the... it's almost over. Yeah, Fuck whatever. It. There's only one match left. Big deal. So the door is like broken. You can it's see a ladder so behind it. <laughs> All the lighting. and yeah. So they get back in the ring. And Undertaker and Executioner are now on the outside of the building. Undertaker <laughs> throws him down like this fucking ravine. And he rolls down the cement into like this moat into water (laughs) he's like like, a castle or something it's like a castle or some shit he's in this fucking water executioner is like soaked now but back in the ring there's security guards and they put a fucking straight jacket on mankind (laughs) i mean well deserved i mean it kind of makes sense that mankind's in a straight jacket (laughs) it's probably the best thing for him so Executioner gets back somehow. The fact that they even had a straight jacket there. <laughs> yeah, why would a security guard have a fucking like, straight jacket? Oh my god, that was so funny. Anyway, I guess you would call that an embankment, like uh, that cement part down to the water. It's like an embankment. There's water so. down there. Anyways, Something. there's fucking water down there. Executioner gets fucking soaked. <laughs> And he gets back in the ring. Undertaker gets him up for the tombstone. When he gets him up for the tombstone, you see water flying off his <laughs> shoes. Dripping. Just fucking dripping all over the place. Oh, that was funny. Gets a tombstone. One, two, three. Now we got to wait for the 10 count. Which, okay. It's kind of pointless. It was really pointless. So they're like, oh, yeah. I really thought that they would have played it up that... No, he's going to come back into the match after this. It's the tombstone, though. But 
so nobody gets up from the tombstone. Yeah, but when they have a rule like that, you think that they figure that out? Like, oh yeah, like come back to life after that. Like that would be really like smart or whatever. But once again, yeah. the refs come into play. Sometimes the refs count fast. Sometimes the refs count slow. And I was totally calling that shit out. And I he actually so had a pissed. fairly quick count. You thought he was going to like really slow it down and maybe execution would get back up, but it was a quicker count. And when he does the one, two, as opposed to one. Well, it felt like it, the first half of the count, Ooh. it was really slow. But once he, he got up. past five, he sped up. Yeah. And that was it. And But it's funny. If you have this rule, what if, say, like executioner pinned the undertaker one, two, three, and then they would have to wait for a 10 count. Undertaker just gets up at five yeah. and they just keep going with the match. Right. Yeah. So they only, they, I don't know what they were thinking with this rule set in this dumb. match. Either way, Undertaker beats the shit out of everyone, as he should. Executioner, uh, he's on borrowed time. I don't know how much longer he's going to be in the company. He is uh, just kind of there. He's, yeah, I was just going to say, he's kind of just there. It's man kind of Paul Bear. part of the it, posse. Exactly. He's not going to be there much longer. Wait, wait, he, he's on borrowed time. So that's the end of that. Now we get into the main event. <laughs> the big basketball game between nathan scott and lucas oh back to one tree hill okay (laughs) no it's psycho sid with an s versus brett the hitman Uh. Hart for the world title sean michaels sexy boy plays and sean michaels is at ringside he's on commentary yeah he's sitting at ringside and he also calls out what i called out Shawn Michaels says, why the hell would Brett brawl in this match? Because he is a technical wrestler. He is one mm-hmm. of the greatest, if not the greatest technical wrestler of all time. Why would he brawl with a six foot nine guy? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. So Shawn Michaels, totally fucking right. Totally makes sense. Brett completely throws the gonna brawl out the window <laughs> and realizes he's fucking Bret Hart and uh-huh. works a technical match like he should have. He works the lower back. I liked his outfit. You did like his outfit. It looked like he was wearing like booty underwear. <laughs> booty underwear? <laughs> yeah. You know, like cheeky undies. <laughs> cheeky undies for yeah, Bret the Hitman Hart. that sexy booty. Yeah. I'm kidding. Right? It's not that sexy, but you know. <laughs> it's not a bulldog it's not, booty. It's not on my tassel boots. <laughs> so Brett, he's working the lower back. Working it, working it, working it. Backbreakers, fucking elbows on it, knees on it, fucking you name it. What is he doing? He's working the back so he can put him in the sharpshooter, which mm-hmm. puts pressure on the lower back. Makes sense. Yeah. Technical match. I don't know why he ever. Maybe he said he wanted to brawl with Sid to make th- make Sid think that he was going to brawl. Yeah, that makes sense. And Playing then, the mind games. Yeah, right. There was also a pay-per-view in 96 called Mind Games. Shawn Michaels okay. versus Mankind. <laughs> yes. Yeah, September 96, if I'm not mistaken, for the title. So... Now we get closer to the end of the match. Basically, the planned finish was, or going into the planned finish was, Brett pulls the turnbuckle very easily, mind you. I know. It was like, you know how like normally they double knot that shit, triple knot yeah. that she- shit? It was a single knot. Yeah. So he pulls it right off with no problem. No whatsoever. effort. No effort. No effort. Pulls it off, which is kind of a heel move. 
right? Mm-hmm. Heels tend to take the turnbuckle off and expose the steel of the turnbuckle. But Brett does it here, so it looks like he's going to be setting it up. And another rule for wrestling, whenever a guy sets up something like a table or something or a turnbuckle, most times when they set it up, they're setting it up for themselves. Most times. Because, say, if they're setting up a table, I know I'm going to be falling it at this angle in this area so mm. they know where they're going through or turnbuckle spot so sid picks up brett to throw him into the turnbuckle <laughs> and oh they fucking up and not very often brett botches it's very rare that brett fucks things up in matches but he's wrestling sid so it kind of makes <laughs> sense he fucked it up so bad that I was rolling my eyes. <laughs> they fucked it up, unfortunately. <sighs> but then they try it again. They kind of fuck it up again. And Brett kind of just throws himself into the turnbuckle. He does. He literally <laughs> throws himself into it. He's like, well, like, we fucked wow. it up once. We're kind of fucking it up twice. You're so kind of really like failing here, bro. Let's just do it and be over with it. And then Shawn Michaels, he's out there ringside uh sid gets in his face sid fucking pie faces Shawn michaels (laughs) (laughs) no pie though i wish there was pie right Shawn michaels gets on the apron he's looking at sid they're kind of jawing back and forth brett's gonna whip sid into Shawn michaels but it gets reversed sid throws brett into Shawn michaels so Mm -hmm. brett nails sean and he falls off uh, the apron goes into closer to the table, right back in, choke slam, power bomb, one, two, three, psycho Sid with the win. And not only that, Sid gets the win, retains the title. Now we know for sure in front of 107,000 people at the Alamo Didn't Dome. I, I called that one, right? You did. You were two for three on your predictions. Mm-hmm. You got Sid right. You got Undertaker right. And Triple H just got counted out. Yeah kind of lame but either way yes again your predictions doing pretty good mm-hmm. doing pretty good that's why i like to do these predictions but then tassel boots and stone cold steve austin made an appearance at the end of that match remember yeah they just like run in and just oh no, and they're going chaos. at it again and it's fucking chaos and fucking austin's going after everybody again Go and, tassel boots oh yeah oh yeah fucking all over it and and then at the very end too, Brett and Sean get into it, oh and Brett God. does the old fucking hockey jersey moves and throws up the fucking shirt over Shawn Michaels and starts pummeling him. Oh and they Lord. go at it as we fade to black. So as opposed to Survivor Series, what did you think of this pay per view? It did have a lot of Bulldog because the Survivor Series Bulldog didn't have a very good showing. At this one, he did. He had a great showing. Mm-hmm. Plus, we got and Austin. it wasn't as long. Wasn't as long. <laughs> Plus, we got Stone Cold and lots of it, even though he didn't have a match. Mm-hmm. We had some good stuff on this show. Yeah. Did you like it more than Survivor Series? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Mostly because yeah. it was shorter. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Either way, what and would you... And also Tassel Boots. And what would you give this pay-per-view? What did I enough? give the other one? I don't even know if you rated that one. I can't even remember. Probably not. Uh, that was early on. That was like our second episode. I mean, it's... Probably a seven and a half. Seven and a half for yeah. a December in your house pay-per-view. Bone Marrow and his bitch annoy the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> so. Oh, man. If they annoy you now, oh, just you. They wait. minus points. Yeah. If they weren't on it, it would have been so bad. It would have been way better without them. Yep. 
I'm loving doing this. This is just the best time. We get into each other's favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. We just enjoy it for what it is. We appreciate it. We have fun riffing on everything. And I'm glad everybody who listens, they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I love getting the messages about how they like certain things about the podcast. I love how people want to be guests on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know when we'll ever do guests, but it's it's cool that people want to be a part of this. And we really appreciate the love out there. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. And we're going to continue to do this until we're at least on Tree Hill. And we'll see where, where it goes after that. We're not going to break up after 10 episodes like most One Tree Hill podcasts do. <laughs> <laughs> he loves calling that out. It's his favorite yeah. thing. Yeah. So until next time. Sean bids you adieu. And I say, bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>